episode nine, mate. Here we go. Yes. Ready to go. We've got Jamie um, ready to speak to. Jamie Crummy, the founder of Too Good To Go, which mm-hmm. we've spoken about um, last week. Yeah. Really looking forward to this one. We'd, yeah, we've been excited about this because, you know, it's, I think Too Good To Go, probably the biggest company that we've had so far. Um, I'd say, you know, almost a million Instagram likes. Uh, across Europe, they're getting the global business now. Seven um, million users. Seven million I read. Users. It's probably probably gone up from there. It's going up all the time. Um, in it, fact, I'm sure that when I signed up, it said something like 13 million. I might be wrong on that. I remember we first met Jamie um, at an event called Food Matters Live in 2018. Yeah. And I'm sure they were nowhere near as big as they are now then. Because I'd, I'd never mm-hmm. heard of them. And, you know, I'm not uh, embarrassed mm-hmm. to say that. I'm sure Jamie had never heard of us. <laughs> then, yeah. But uh, and now it's just unbelievable. Yo Sushi is, you know, you can try and get some California rolls in a magic bag. That's uh, or some, you know, some chicken katsu. <laughs> some chicken katsu rolls you'd be mm. lucky that'll be i've never been to your sushi but it sounds good it's quality mm. yeah it's class um um chicken sushi is that part of it yeah yeah you can get katsu chicken mm. yeah sounds good it's, i love like katsu chicken yeah it's amazing um this is, yeah this is becoming a your sushi podcast now isn't it, it is. <laughs> this, is nothing to this do. episode is brought to you by your sushi no it's not um <laughs> Yeah, so um, this is going to be really good, I think, because yeah. we've got a lot to talk about with um, with it's a fellow food waste, uh, mm. food surplus food um, organization, trying to tackle yeah. the global issue of surplus food and food being wasted unnecessarily. Um, They're the Uber and Airbnb of food of surplus food retail. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it actually. So um, yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, we'll hear from Jamie in a minute in his own words, but very briefly, too good to go is an app. Um, where you can access uh, surplus food uh, that is um, otherwise going to get thrown out, basically, yeah. by either retailers, manufacturers, uh, restaurants, food producers, you name it. You can even buy them from us now as well. So if you're in the uh, East Sheffield area, Dinnington, then pop in and go, well, don't pop in. Uh, go on the app, <laughs> see if you can buy it, grab one of our magic bags, and you'll actually hear people... You might hear people actually coming to the door and getting some during this podcast as yeah, we're not too it's far literally from the just door. out there. If you're watching yeah. the video, I've just pointed to right next to the door that we're sat next to. We're, we're boring people now, mate. We are. They, Let's they get into hear it. From Jamie, come on. Sorry, that, that's enough now. I'm Let's get into now. it. Roll the music. Jamie, Jamie Crummy, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, we've been working with Too Good To Go very recently, actually. In fact, during this podcast, you might hear our doorbell go a few times for people come to collect magic boxes. <laughs> magic Brilliant. Bags. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, that is actually going to happen at some point. So yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's up and running. It's flying, to be fair. Like yeah. um, Because we're on a bit of a sort of industrial location, uh, we didn't know sort of what the uptake would be from general public but it's been amazing we've had people you know knocking on our door like every every minute of the day really for uh really? For magic bags so, so oh, it's I working it. really well yeah no yeah. It's, it's an amazing business i can't wait to get into this so let's let's get stuck in jamie what is too good to go and how did it all begin for you where, where did this journey start it would be my pleasure, yeah. So Too Good To Go is a social impact company that fights food waste. And we, um, we predominantly do this through our mobile app. 
So it is a, a platform that connects consumers or individuals with businesses who have surplus food for sale. So a really fun and simple way for individuals, for businesses to, uh, to work together and, and fight food waste together. So it's, you know, it's what we term as a, as a win-win solution. You know, it's a win for the individual who are able to discover um, amazing new foods, discover new brands, um, discover new flavors. Um, at prices you know that don't cost the earth whilst it's it's also a win for businesses who are able to recover sunk costs attract new customers um, but ultimately a win for the planet as none of this food is going to waste mm. so the app is is incredibly simple you know we work with a whole host of different businesses they range from sort of your local local cafe um, all the way through to retailers hotels, uh, food producers, et cetera, the list, the list goes on. Um, so we're now, as I say, uh, operating in, in 15, 15 markets globally um, and have rescued over 65 million meals from going to waste in, um, in just over five years. Wow, amazing. Well, we can definitely vouch for how simple it is because we were having these conversations just a couple of weeks ago. Within a few yeah. days, um, we were set up and ready to go and we were having people ringing our doorbell um, picking up their <laughs> stuff so um yeah it's it's amazing like the 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 sort of uh, the ease of it yeah. to help fight food waste is like i love the simplicity of it you know we as a business sign up we put stuff on there we get notified when somebody wants to come and collect one mm. they show us their reference on the app and it's easy as that really where it's um it's amazing. I think sometimes sort of with food waste and surplus food and stuff like that, it can seem or it can look overcomplicated. Yeah. And I think mm. what this does is it beautifully kind of simplifies it down to someone's got some food there that they want to um, sell. Someone's got, uh, someone wants to buy some food there locally and it just brings it together perfectly. Yeah. No, it's exactly. Yeah. That, that's what we've, well, what we're trying to achieve is a is a simple solution through a marketplace, which just ensures that you know we can we can feed bellies as opposed to feeding bins. Yeah, all for that. It's yeah. uh, it, it's one of those um, it's an unbelievable idea, and it's one of those things where a bit like Airbnb, where before it started, you know, they were like, um, oh, what so strangers are going to come and live in your house? Um, and you arrange it all. It's a bit like that. And I can't wait to hear how this idea got going and how it started in your head because it's like, what? So are people going to come and come to your premises and just take food off or buy food off you without changing money, changing hands physically? Um, surplus food that you'd normally throw away at the end of the day. That's just, yeah, what? It's it, disruptive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so, what, so what were the early... Uh, what were the early sort of responses to that when you sort of mm. had this idea and you put it out there into the world and started to tell people about it? What, what, what did people say? Yeah. So I think we've definitely got a bit better at communicating the, uh, <laughs> communicating how, how, how it all works, because, you know, certainly when I look back to, you know, 2015, I'm telling friends and family about, you know, this, 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 app, this idea that we're going to get and start and start building. And you know, the reaction was, oh, well, we don't want to be eating, you know, food off people's plates. And, you know, this is the total sort of misconception behind what, uh, what, what food waste really is. And it's it, nine times out of 10, perfectly good food, um, which is just being thrown away due to inefficiencies across, um, across the food, 
value chain. And, you know, that there is, has been something that we've totally seen a, a transformation in, in, in just the way that people perceive uh, food surplus. So, you know, from originally being seen as something that sits on people's plates to actually recognizing that um, there's perfectly good food being thrown away um, on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think we've seen that as well because we, we started our business in 2018. And even in that time, in the last three years, we've seen a, a bit of a shift in terms of the public's perception, especially on yeah. um, on past best before date food, which we're sort of um, throwing our uh, uh, minuscule weight behind your your date label campaign to try and educate people on best before dates and the fact that um, just because because food passes that, you know, it doesn't um, mean that there's a safety issue with it and stuff like that. We've seen that change. I, I genuinely think that probably a few years ago, um, we would have had sort of a lot of a less enthusiastic response to, mm. to doing that and to marketing food that's either close to or just past its, its date. Um, and I think obviously innovation such as what you've brought to the, to the industry is what's sort of helped to drive that along. So um, it's an, it's an amazing achievement for the uh, 65 million meals, a lot more than I thought I read, I read 45 million. I think that was <laughs> as of about six months ago. So you must've like, it must be growing sort of exponentially really. Yeah, yes, it is. It, it really is growing um, at a rate of knots, but it's, I, I just want to pick up on what, 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 what you just said there as well, which is, you know, essentially changing the way in which we perceive food surplus or, or, or food waste. And, you know, I wonder, you know, if, if we can actually sort of rebrand food, food waste itself, you know, it's a term which just sort of denotes something that it's, you know, it's, it's um, a inferior product or it's inferior quality. And, you know, what we're talking about here is it's perfectly good food. And, for just a whole host of inefficiencies it's getting it's getting thrown away and you know as you touch on there like products beyond their best before day they're still perfectly fine you know they're, they're still tasty they're still delicious it's just you know the further they go beyond their best before day that's where the quality will start to will start to alter but it doesn't necessarily make it any worse um it just makes it different yeah. How, how important do you think language and sort of um, the way that we think about these things is to this? Because our old uh, boss at um, the place we used to work, company shop, a fellow surplus food um, business, always used to say, if you think of it as waste, that you treat it as waste. But if you don't, if you think of it as food, mm. you treat it as something that's got value and has got, you know, um, time and effort and hours and money and resources gone into creating it. So how important do you think that is in terms of like the way that we think about it and the way that we talk about it? Totally, yeah. It's about a mindset mindset shift, isn't it, on how we on how we approach food and um and particularly surplus food. Like I think it's 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 often around getting back to basics. You know, if we appreciate and understand like that intrinsic value that food has to us, you know, we recognize it as this invaluable resource. And um, you know, food is something which keeps us going it keeps us alive you know it's imperative to our survival it's imperative to our development um you know it is literally a a fuel in which we put into us to ensure that we can perform better but you know at the same time it's also this social glue you know it's mm -hmm. this it's this um 
you know, it's this piece that brings us all together around the table, whether it's with friends or with family. And, you know, we, it's, uh, as I say, this so social glue that's bringing us all together whilst at the same time being fundamental to our, um, to our own development and to our own survival. So, you know, if we can recognize that and start seeing food as, as something which is imperative to our own being, you know, we can start treating it with the value that it deserves rather than, as you say, yeah, it's something which is a waste product, a byproduct, um, but it's something, you know, that is precious to us and, and something which brings us so much, so much joy in different parts of uh, yeah. parts of our life. So, yeah, yeah. I really, really, I really believe it's about this mindset shift. Um, so we can yeah, start appreciating the true value of food rather than trying to put a price tag on it. Yeah, yeah we totally agree um we'll, we'll we'll probably get onto the sort of chronology of how too good to go came about in a minute but just going back to that bit that you said there about the social glue i wanted to ask you sort of how um because too good to go is obviously an app and people don't have to interact with a person directly to buy from it yeah. we don't have to interact directly with someone until they actually come to our door to pick something up when we put products on there um but how much of a community element do you think there is around too good to go and how important do you think that is to its success yeah, it's um, it's really important for us, and what we what we refer to it more so than a a community is a, is around a movement around food waste. So it is about you know generating this um, this movement in which we can you know inspire and empower um, you know people across the world to start fighting food waste together. So when I'm you know when I'm talking around this movement and what what, what we do, like we have our app as our primary business our primary focus but what this allows us to do is to fund initiatives with you know doing work within households additional work with businesses or you know work within schools and also work in in public affairs as well to try and spark this policy change so um spark this policy change around around food waste so yeah it's very much a movement a community which is which is striving towards this this vision which is a a, a planet with no food waste and you know at the heart of this is the is the aspect of community or the aspect of collaboration of, of working together mm, yeah yeah well we're proud to be a part of it and i'm sure every user that that uses it is as well yeah it just makes it makes buying surplus food normal your your app's unbelievable and it's it just feels like you know, and when we set out our business, we wanted to say, wanted to make buying surplus food, you know, something that's available to people and it becomes part and parcel of normal life and shopping. Um, because I don't want to, um, I'm not slagging off retailers, but like the yellow sticker end of an aisle in supermarkets, it looks terrible and it's like, it's messy and it's always unkept. And that is surplus food. And it just, it, it seems like a, it, it it just doesn't help the image of surplus food, I think. So when you have apps like yours, that's like, you know, absolutely top of the range and um, just functionality is amazing. It helps for the image of surplus food. And, and the brand in itself too good yeah. to go tells you that it's, you know, it's good. It's too good to be, um, mm. you know, to be treated like this thing that's kind of just a bit of an afterthought and a mm. bit kind of naff, if you like, for yeah. want of a better word. Yeah, Paul, you, you talk some, some, something there, which I think is, is an important conversation to have, which is around the sort of stigma around, around mm -hmm. food surplus and particularly with yellow sticking. You know, I think, you know, I've, I've been at friends before and maybe they've, they've brought something, it's got a yellow sticker on, they're trying to hide the yellow sticker and it's, you know, yeah. it's something which, you know, we should, we should wear with pride. You know, you actually, when yeah. we are um, 
you know, reducing food waste when we are eating food surplus, you know, we're doing something positive for the environment, you know, and that's, that's something that we should champion rather yeah. than, um, uh, rather than shy away from. So, yeah, I think there, there really is something around, um, uh, you know, around, around just changing this whole narrative around, around food waste and food surplus. And it's, you know, it's something that we, should be happy to be mm. uh, to be to be involved in and not and not and not not something that's you know embarrassing at all yeah exactly they, they, it's such an easy task for them to rebrand that yellow sticker bit in, in a supermarket get just just you know make it look better just say yeah. you know the surplus food area or something like that it, that'd be amazing i think it, people would really respond to and it as well a, it's a good thing it's a you know it's a great idea it's just the way it's executed i suppose i mean i think yeah. The, uh, a green sticker would be better, surely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but yeah, and and you're certainly changing, um, you know, the conversation about surplus food. Um, but I, I'd be interested. How did it get started? Where were you? Were you at uni? Um, you know, how old were you? How did you? Where did the idea come from? And how did you actually start? Right, I'm going to start this business. And how did you do it? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's quite a long story, I guess, and it probably starts. It's probably good to sort of start a bit about myself and my own motivations and yeah. how I got there, really. And you know, when I, you know, when I'm talking to people about you know founding a business which is all around fighting food waste, people um, assume that you know I come from a background of you know, whether I'm living on a farm or my parents are chefs or something, and I've experienced um, food waste at scale from from a young age, and that's what inspired me. And um, the re- the reality is I've had a pretty normal u- upbringing. Um, but what my parents did instill into me was um, uh, was this this fire in my belly, I suppose, around around um, social and environmental justice. And this is something that's yeah, you know, it's influenced ev- everything in my life from from prior to founding Too Good to Go. I was working in in human rights law and. Um, refugee rights but um yeah when when I was in this part of my life I uh, I was actually working out in Australia I was studying out there working with an NGO um but if anyone's been to Australia they'll know how how, how expensive life is over there so um, I ended up having another job or a whole host of other jobs I should say um, and one of them was in working in hospitality in the event sector and it, it's there where I experienced you know, food waste on, on, on such scale of such grandeur. Um, and that, uh, that always stuck with me. It just never seemed right. And it didn't seem, it didn't seem like the, uh, the normal thing to be doing or the right thing to be doing. There wasn't any solutions in place, whether that meant feeding staff or donating food or geez, even, even recycling the food waste itself. So, <clears throat> You know, fast forward a bit bit longer, and I'm I'm working with another human rights organisation, and you know there was an event we did, and it was catered for by a group of individuals who repurpose food. So much like the food that I previously had to throw away, they were transforming this food into something that was edible, um, into you know delicious stews or or, or curries or casseroles, whatever it may be, uh, but ensuring that you know food that was in in bins could be could be eaten and enjoyed and you know speaking to these people I was I was I was shocked to actually find out the environmental impact of food waste and you know this is back in um 2013 2014 and 
you know, I um, I as somebody who, you know, is totally motivated and 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 driven by environmental and and social justice, was blissfully unaware, just like many other people across the country, the scale and gravity of food waste. And in essence, it it got me thinking, which was, you know, it's fantastic what people are doing, um, but not everybody really wants to go uh, um, bin diving. So what can we do to ensure that this amazing food uh, it can be rescued before it hits the bin. And so I guess, you know, from there, like the, the rest is, is sort of history, really. But um, it was through, yeah, working with my co-founders. So I'm very lucky to have co-founders which are uh, based all across Europe. So what we were able to do was to develop this movement and launch this, this, this platform in various different markets across Europe. So, you know, inherent in our DNA is this international aspect which has allowed us to um, to scale and grow at the rate that we have. Yeah. Who was the first um, shop? Who was the first one that you got on board? The the first business we got on board. Well, yeah. actually, when we first launched, our um, our target was to work specifically with buffet restaurants. Mm. And you know, the rationale behind that is it's quite obvious, I guess. Uh, you know. Uh, the amount of food which is on display in buffets and, and then the amount that actually gets thrown away is 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 quite shocking. Yeah. Um, I mean, thank God we, we pivoted from there because we probably would have hit a ceiling fairly on if we uh, if we just stuck with working with buffet restaurants. Um, but that's beside the point. I mean, what I um, Yeah, one story that I always like to sort of re, uh, regale is is one of the first businesses that we worked with was a buffet chain in the UK which is called um, um, Jimmy's World Buffet and uh, you know at the time it was you know it was one of the the buffet chains that you really wanted to work with um, you know I think they had about 12 or 15 sites across uh, across the UK um, and we managed to get a meeting with uh, with them at their um, flagship store in the O2 in London and uh, anyway, sort of, I turn up to the meeting, and we, uh, we'd made a we made a deck and everything like this. And but um, you know, we didn't actually have a platform ready at the moment, so we didn't even have a product in which to show them. We just had an idea. Um, we had a lot a lot of passion, but we had some visuals. Anyway, so I go to the toilet beforehand, check my laptop, make sure the, uh, the presentation's still there, close the laptop, and off I go to the meeting. And um, yeah, I met there with the general manager, the ops team, and um, yeah, the laptop wouldn't turn off. So uh, <laughs> oh, I, it must have like drained from battery, it drained its battery or something from the moment I just sort of jumped into the toilet to check it was still working to the couple minutes later where I'm on the, on the restaurant floor. And anyway, couldn't find a plug. So uh, they're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll actually, we'll, um, we'll unplug the, uh, the till so you can just plug it in there. Um, so I'm like, oh god, it's embarrassing now. You know, we've got people on the on the uh, buffet floor, actually looking at me trying to get my laptop to work. Anyway, plug it in. It's charging the lights on, but still I can't see nothing on the screen. So not only do I not have a, a an app or product in front of me to actually demonstrate how it works, I no longer have any of the visual aids which I had to try and bring it to life a bit. So um, anyway, we resort just to uh, just a regular conversation. And, you know, that is always one that sticks in my mind because without 
any of the things that I should have had this uh, this this restaurant. You know, it it it, it bought into our vision. It really mm. it was seeking a solution because you know they hated having to throw um, obscene amounts of food away on a daily basis. So yeah, that there is is always one that sticks in my mind, and um, yeah, always super proud to to tell that story. But anyway, so they they ended up signing up onto the platform ready for when we wanted to launch and anyway i jumped back on the uh, on the tube get out my laptop to see what on earth was going on and uh, yeah it turns out the brightness was just all, all the way down so it was <laughs> all along. <laughs> that is um, that's that's a great story and typical i think and it just shows you that actually if you've got something that speaks for itself yeah um you don't necessarily need all that all that extra yeah. stuff no, and I think yeah, that uh, that is yeah, the the passion which you can bring across and 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 really convey uh, the direction in which you're trying to 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 bring something. It was yeah, it was brilliant to see people buy into it at that stage with without a, without any of an app to uh, to show people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you never forget your first deal, that's for sure. No, no, <clears> you don't. Absolutely, and people do business with people as well, don't they? Um, yeah, we say that probably every week on here, but yeah. it's so true. Like if you get your passion across for it, that's you you you've swum the channel, as they say. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. When we uh, one of our first brands on board was actually Grenade, um, one one of the biggest. It just mm. so happens, and um, we didn't have a premises. We were doing it from our uh, back bedrooms and stuff, and storing it in our garage. And we were, you know, just having to say, oh yeah, we've we've got a storage unit, and uh, you know, and yeah, we keep it in there. Oh, but when we collect this pallet, we'll collect it all and we'll arrange it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And because if, had they have known, you know, how small our business was and stuff, they wouldn't have done business with us. But if, if you get across um, your passion for it and your personality and things like that, that's going to be the main thing. And that's, you know, a huge bit of advice for anyone that wants to start a business, mm. be it a social enterprise or, or anything. Yeah. Is, um, that's one of the most important things, I think. Yeah. So, were Come. you driving around in a um, in a three door car with uh, with pallets and pallets of um, yeah. <laughs> food in the back, or what? Something what, like what's that. the story there? Well, we we actually got a third party to collect it for us yeah. and unload right. it. Um, and actually, when when the pallet got to Paul's house, it all collapsed. It Mum must, and Dad's it must house. Have not, it must have not been very well wrapped or whatever. Yeah. And it, so we had a, we had it. We had a pile um, of grenade um, shakes just in Paul's driveway that had just collapsed. So yeah. it's quite an early introduction to sort of failure and uh, how things can sort of go wrong and backfire. But, yeah. um, but you know, it's one of those stories that we can look back on and tell, thankfully. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I've got that to talk about, actually. Failure, challenges, starting a business again, we talk about this every week, is unbelievably mm. difficult. And getting to the size that you're at, where, you know, six, five million meals, you work with Yo Sushi, Costa Coffee, et cetera, et cetera. Food circle. Food circle. <laughs> um, what's the journey been, you know, how, what challenges have you had? How many times have you failed? We fail on a daily basis. It's the life of an entrepreneur. But, you know, how rocky has that road been for you? And how have you, how did you overcome whatever challenges you've had? Uh, yeah, I mean, it would be it would be wrong of me to say if there haven't been challenges along the way. Of, of mm. course, there have. Um, you know what we what we are seeing is we're working with um, yeah, you name a whole host of brands there. Yeah, you, know, you can throw some supermarkets or whatever in the mix. Um, 
but the rea reality is, is these were businesses we've been wanting to work with since, since day dot. And, but yeah, some of these conversations have been going on for, um, for years. So it, it, it takes time and, you know, there's, you know, we're, we're finally working with, with supermarkets in Too Good To Go, which is, which is fantastic. So whether that's the likes of Morrison's in the UK or Carrefour in France or, um, or um, uh, Albert Hein in other parts of Europe. Um, you know, the reality was that, you know, when we first launched, these people weren't picking up, 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 up the phone to us. So, you know, the challenge there was to actually, you know, have a, um, was to, you know, just keep, keep building our portfolio of partners, uh, keep fighting food waste with as many different food businesses as possible so that we can develop these case studies and these people can listen to us and, and you know, demonstrate and, and actually, yeah, as I say, d demonstrate the, the success of, of, of fighting food waste. So it's been, it's, yeah, it's been a constant, um, um, a, a, a constant sort of drive of graft um, yeah, it's been it's it's been full of its challenges. I guess uh, the the important thing to get across is in, is enjoying those challenges. Um, you know, it's full of setbacks, but um, you know, it's often how 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 you respond to those, so you can reflect and look back and see you know the journey in which, in which you've been on. Yeah, what what is your personal sort of approach to failure? And your you just mentioned it there, sort of responding to it and seeing it as a positive. What mm. what's your sort of because um, you have to be thick skinned, don't you? Um, a lot of the time. What what's your sort of approach there? Have you got any sort of um, words of wisdom around that? <laughs> words of wisdom <laughs> for responding to failure. I mean, well, talking about the the failure a bit more. Um, I mean, it's be interesting to walk to what you guys sort of perceive as failure, um, because I I I don't really like to see it as failure, but rather a setback. So yeah. it's it's often as a it's not that it's not right. It's just it's not right right now. Um, so it's then about trying to create an environment which um, or to facilitate that 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 can happen in in the future. Yeah. Absolutely. We, yeah. we had, uh, we've actually just got someone literally coming to our door now to collect, a, <laughs> to collect a magic bag. Honestly, we've had like two in the past five minutes. Um, yeah. So yeah, if any listeners can hear people at the door, that's what it is. <laughs> and we, we actually just had our uh, email early about 50 meals saved as well, literally this morning. And we've only been Amazing. doing this a week. So yeah. Um, so sorry to digress there, but just in case listeners wonder what's going on in the background. Yeah. Um, but I think you've answered the question there around yeah. failure. It's kind of reframing it almost, isn't it? It's about um, it's not a failure. It's some. It's a point at which to learn. As long as as long as you don't go under, you know. Um, yeah. Something that you you know what doesn't kill you make you stronger. That's what they say. Mm, isn't yeah. it? So I think I think people. Um, uh, just yeah sometimes people can't handle setbacks and that if you want to start a business and you can't handle setbacks then that, it's just it's just not going to happen like our first major setback was um we had we actually had a really slow start i mean we had literally hardly any sales in the first six months of the business um you know brands knocking us back not interested no one coming on the website the website breaking um all that kind of thing you have to deal with um you know uh even even now, you know, products that don't go well, um, 
mistakes you know, that we make mistakes that we make yeah. yeah you know james once um listed some protein powder for free on the website <laughs> so, that's true yeah that's so true. you know that, those sort of things happen yeah but, and people were snapping it up obviously as they would um, <laughs> uh, yeah we paid for it and it was listed on there for free but yeah. um yeah i mean to be honest what paul just said i'm you know that was a steep learning curve for me in our business, like responding to failure and responding to criticism and setbacks and stuff like that. Cause I'm, I think my personality type is a bit more like sort of sensitive to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been sort of a steep learning curve for me, but I would say like the, um, we always come back to it. Like one of the key things for me was having a co-founder that could sort of balance that out sort of thing. And that helped mm-hmm. me to personally grow and and start to accept some of those failures and, and obviously you had co-founders yourself as well so i'm assuming that you had that sort of like mini support network around you as mm-hmm. well when you were sort of getting knocked back and and stuff like that no for sure i mean yeah talk, talking about struggles of launching um you know we can talk now about millions of uh, meals being saved in the millions but um you know when we launched it was we, we're, we're talking about a handful of people yeah. using it and you know what? What we could actually see is the the uh, the drive in activity on the app when we were out there doing stuff. So yeah, physically being out, you know, guerrilla marketing, um, speaking to people in the streets. Yeah, you'd you'd actually see the impact of that on a very granular basis. Um, you know, when again thinking back to to when we launched, you know, I was out on the street on a daily basis, seven days a week everything I was doing, you know, whether I sat in a tube or sat, sat on a bus, I'd be speaking to the person next to me, telling them about this awesome, <laughs> awesome app called Too Good To Go and, and knocking on doors and knocking on business doors, um, yeah, 365, um, 24-7. And, you know, that there was not without its many doors slammed in our faces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's part of the journey. That, that's that's part, part, part of the fun, really. Yeah, I mean, what was that? Was that, was that your approach initially, like just going door to door to like your local Costa or whatever, or your local sure, Sainsbury's yeah. local, and just to saying to the store manager or whoever was working that day, <clears throat> kind of, is this of interest? Is that literally where it started it off? It was very much a a boots on the ground operation where mm. we would, yeah, we would um, drum up interest up and down the streets, speaking to business owners who whoever would listen to us. Yeah. To actually launch first up in Leeds, um, so we got um, uh, we got some co-working space and some funding through the un- university up there, and it was hammering the streets of Leeds. And then from there, we decided to hammer the streets of Brighton, and then London, mm-hmm. and then Manchester, and it and it and it snowballed from there. Yeah, um, that that sort of um, <clears throat> resonates in a way, and I, w- I want to get your opinion on kind of. Um, you saying you were just literally like going door to door 24 seven, 365 days a year, like knocking on doors, trying to get people to sign up and stuff like that. That I think to me, that sounds like what sets apart like ideas that come to fruition versus ideas that don't and maybe peter out or just don't take off. Um, what do you, what do you think to that? Do you think that's, yeah, I mean, you know, you've got to have, you've got to have that commitment, right? You've got to have that drive, mm. um, and that insatiable thirst to succeed. Um, so yeah, you could easily sit back and and you know let the let the failures get to you. And yeah, you know, you've you've spoken about there about the importance of having a co-founder. Well, having somebody running around the streets like a headless chicken with you, 
um, really helped at the beginning because when you did get a no, when you did get a door slammed in your face or someone to be rude to you, you know, you laugh it off with somebody else. So, yeah. you know, for me, that there was 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 definitely something that um, kept it fun. You know, sharing these experiences with somebody else um, made it something worthwhile, and and it it, it kept um, well cer certainly for myself, it kept it being fun. You know, by being a, a, a able to do this with somebody else um, or with a group of other other people who all share the same passion. Um, and share the same vision that, mm. that, that you do. It, um, yeah, it made the, the tough times a lot, lot simpler or easier yeah. to digest, I should say. We, we've got a very similar story, actually, around that. When we, when we first launched in January 2018, it was a miserable, one of the most miserable days you can imagine. <laughs> it was horrible. And we decided to... Uh, the thinking behind this is just completely you know, flawed. I don't know why Na we did Nowadays, we'll, we'll look back on it and laugh at it, but... We decided we we were selling a lot of like gluten free and vegan stuff initially, and we thought, well, mm -hmm. where's our where's our market likely to be? It's probably likely to be like centered around London a lot, because uh, it's a bit more sort of um, maybe enlightened to these different kind of sectors than than other parts of the country, perhaps rightly or wrongly. We thought that, um, <clears throat> so we decided to get a train down there and just take some like flyers, which were absolutely terrible, I'm gonna designed, get a up designed them it. ourselves, and just try and get them distributed out uh, mm. anywhere that we could. And we were just going around to like different cafes and stuff, getting no's like they're saying, we can't, you can't let you do that. We can't let you advertise in here. One actually did say yes. And we were like buzzing. We were like thrilled to leave some flyers, but. Rainforest Cafe in uh, Oxford Circus, was it? Uh, sure something Rainforest, right. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so in Soho. Yeah. 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 Shout out <laughs> to them. Thanks very much, guys. We, yeah. That was, we appreciate and, it. And uh, we put some in one of the train stations at Paddington or Waterloo and we saw, we put some down uh, and we saw a woman immediately pick them up and bin them <laughs> straight away. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it just wasted half of our like little printing budget that we'd put into that oh. in one foul swoop. And, um, and yeah, we, um, what else did we do? We went into, unbelievably, we went into Holland and Barrett because we were selling like their products at like mm. third, at half of their price. And we went into Hol oh, the Holland yeah. and Barrett store and asked oh, them if we could that. leave some completely naively. And obviously they said no to that as well. So yeah, it's just it's one of those things, isn't it, where you just look back and think, why were what, what on earth were we doing? But it's kind of that's, um, the, that's the awful flyer that we had at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and you, you just look back and just think, oh, I don't know, just some of the things that you do to try and get some traction. Yeah. Um, now I was putting them in Holland about where like the gluten free things in. I was sneaking them in, like actually on the shelves. Um, yeah. They put some of them, what on earth is this rubbish? And just been niched because <laughs> it was terrible. We would no way. And I was putting them on like uh, billboards on the tube, um, right? And just sticking them in there. And it's just absolutely it just made no sense at all. But yeah, you're just desperate, aren't you? And at the start to just get out there. And this is before we realized, you know, how Facebook ads work and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, but, yeah that's for another day. But um, yeah, it is about that. Just you've got to be. You know, you know, we left a job, a full-time job, to go and do that. Yeah, and people be thinking, "What, what are you doing? It's not going to happen." But you've, you're an entrepreneur. You, you're a bit, you know, you've got to be crazy in a way, and you've just got to have this unbelievable belief in your idea, and you're just dead set on it. And you know, you just make it work by whatever means. And doing things like that in the early days does, you know, gives you a, a feeling of progress. But, um, but yeah, you, you just do what you can to make it work, don't you? Mm. 
you've, you've got to be passionate yeah. about but it. But actually, for you, your approach had a bit of sense behind it. <laughs> yeah, you, it you, needed, you needed to sign these outlets up, whereas we were just sort of like headless chickens running around London, just pointlessly, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what we were doing. But anyway, we uh, we digress. We live and learn. I think we call that the we call it the test and learn approach, right? Yeah. You, um, you, yeah. you try something, you, you, see, you see if it works, and you move on. Yeah, we didn't do it again. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, how do you um how do you cope with the stresses of of running a business? You know, we've learned as your business gets bigger, um, you actually get more stressed, and there's more things that you have to deal with mentally. Um, so you know, to try and manage the growth of your business. So what do you do? Do you look after yourself? Do you eat well? Do you exercise? All that sort of thing. I think yeah the well fu- fundamentally what's what's important is having a good support network around mm-hmm. you and that that's including the people you work with so having a great team um and then having a great team in which, which you can trust um yeah. and that that's fundamental to it so you know you can you can take a lot of those stress and pressures away by um empowering and trusting other people to do to do cert- to do certain things um and take on responsibilities uh outside of work um what, what what do i do to unwind i'm obsessed with sport um so whether that's uh, whether that's playing sport or watching sport uh that's often a good out outlook for myself i hate exercising um so when there's a team sport aspect you know i can do i can do the preseason, but um you know i'm i'm terrible at getting myself up in the morning go go going going for a run or something like that yeah yeah just to say, I, I love running, but just once a week, I wouldn't be able to do that. And I, I hate this. Uh, I don't think we've talked about this in the podcast before, but this um, uh, sort of thought of entrepreneurs have to be up at 5 a.m., uh, meditate, do a run, um, eat, eat a whole egg raw, um, <laughs> you know, all this sort of stuff, it, and work until three in the morning and get no sleep. Um, it's complete nonsense. If anyone's listening and believes that and thinks that's how you start a business, um, no. Please that you do you you have to find your own way, don't you? And you know, um, yeah, I hate yeah, that. Totally. That's my idea. I mean, um, you know, you've got to look after yourself. If you, you know, what lots of founders find is they is they burn out. You know, they're they're working twenty four seven. Um, you know, three sixty five. You know, I mentioned earlier that that's what we what we were doing when when we first started out, and you know, that's the that's the importance of, of having a good team around you. So mm. actually you can uh, take a step back, you can unwind and you recognize and realize that if you know, you'll take a day off, yeah. the house of cars do, do, doesn't fall down. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, that's, it's important to have those structures in place to make sure that, uh, you know, people can step out of the business for whatever reason, um, holidays, whatnot, and everything, keeps moving um and that's through letting go a bit it's through empowering others it's through delegating um it's through having good processes and things in place as well as you grow yeah that's yeah. relevant for us isn't it recently it is very relevant yeah how, how did you transition with that because um you know obviously any any anybody that starts a, a an organization or an enterprise it's it's kind of your baby but you you know you immerse yourself so passionately into this um this subject of uh stopping meals stopping food going to waste and you know you you've said yourself you you're like an activist quite naturally as well mm. um so what was that transition for you like in terms of it's your baby if you like and then 
sort of giving bits of that up a bit at a time to to help you to be able to step away yeah so i think um yeah one, one of the things that we're talking about here is 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 recruiting right and it's getting people who share that same passion as you so for us it's having people who are passionate about fighting food waste um and particularly in the early days you know we had um you know we had a a, a group of people who all shared this this um this desire to really change the world um you know as we've grown it's been important to you know have um different opinions and different perspectives but what we had was with people who really really got behind this 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 common goal this shared goal of, of fighting food waste um and trying to create a planet without food waste um you know i think one of the realities is though is is it's 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 not fair to expect for people to care as much as you um yeah. you know this is something that you know you've put literally your blood sweat and tears into um it is it's wrong of you to expect that for people to you know be speaking to everyone on on the tube about too good to go or or knocking on every door as they're walking back from the pub to try and sign them up onto the onto the platform um you know it's 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 naive to think that everyone will share that that same that same level of enthusiasm um but what they can do is share that share that same passion behind behind the behind that goal and um yeah, that that's one thing that we've that we've been, you know, really diligent on is ensuring everyone, um, yeah, as I say, shares this passion around around food waste. Yeah, totally agree. It's something that um, Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about as well. Of like, you can't expect people that work for you to, you know, be in the office as much as you are, or you no. know, to be going above and beyond quite as much as you are. And you know, if they do, obviously that that's great. But they've got to. They've got to have that balance as well, like we all have. You know, um, it's great when you get that enthusiasm. And we we have we've got a, um, a small team here now, which we've been building, and it's great when people are like, you know, still here at half past five because they want to get something finished or whatever it might be. But it, it's also a case of um, accepting that that can't just be the default. No, and that no. Actually, they've got to have that balance and they've got to recharge to be at their best and to actually enjoy it. Yeah, and you know, working late doesn't mean you know that you're working hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's you know, we sh- I think we should really like actually disrupt and change the way that we approach the yeah. working day. It should be what works for you, um, rather than the other way around. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think either of us are particularly morning people, are we? No, I don't absolutely you, not. But... No, I'm definitely not. I, I just, I just start to get into my stride at about three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. about to start to wake up. I'm a bit like that with like week weekdays. Like I've, I've said it before on here, but like on a Monday, I'm a bit. I'm still, I'm still warming up Monday, Tuesday, and by by the time I get to Friday, I'm like firing on all cylinders, and then week, the weekend comes <laughs> along and like disrupts yeah. it again, and I have to reset. Um, so maybe, maybe that's a case of me having to rethink when I work, mm. but. Um, yeah, everybody's different, aren't they? And, um, you know, we try and play to strengths and play to different personalities mm. as much as we can, and that's that's important. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And downtime's really important as well. We didn't last, like last year. We there was not enough of us. We got told off by a mentor actually. She was just like, "What are you doing?" Like there was only just two, uh, three of us. Mm. James and I were still like packing hundreds of orders and stuff, and she was just like, "You've got to." By the next time we speak to you, I want you to recruit at X, Y, Z, and you know. Uh, and you've got to book off two solid weeks this year, and you, I'll, I'll be asking why you didn't have that time off if you if you don't. 
because mm. uh, it is so important and um yeah you do get burned out yeah um have you, have you got anybody too good to go like um non-execs or anything like that that hold you to account for for stuff or or mentors or anything like that so what we what we're really lucky to have is a is a great culture mm. yeah um so what we've invested in is is uh, people in culture managers um who really look after the well-being of the of the teams um but also work to sort of develop and improve individuals as well so that everyone can grow within um grow within the business too yeah. how big is the team now jamie out of interest it's pretty big there's about <laughs> 800 of us now um, wow. so um yeah just over 800 so nine of us co- co-founders and that's uh, it's just grown um exponentially <laughs> over the past uh, five plus years so with that, you know, with a team that size, it's so important to have a, uh, uh, to have a really, really, really strong, strong culture. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible. That's it's inspirational. Um, we, we're going to, we're going to wrap up, but um, lastly, what's the future of too good to go? Um, and also what do you think the future of best before dates are and um, surplus food in this country and, and abroad? So I'll take the the last part first then. Mm. So what's the future for best before dates and, and food waste in general within the UK and abroad? And you know, for those that are listening and don't know, you know, we have um several different sort of date labels here here in the UK, everything mm. from a use by to a best before to a display until to a sell by. And this confusion leads to around about a hundred and uh, 180,000 tons of food being thrown away every single year, specifically around best before dates. So that's around half a billion pounds worth of food. So fundamentally, like businesses need to do something to to change the way in which this is communicated. And um, you know what we're um, trying to do is is we're trying to get businesses to essentially audit their, their their date labels and switch from youth by to best before when it's safe to do so. Um, and then printing messaging on, on packets so that you know we can communicate that you should look, smell and taste food once it's gone beyond, gone beyond its best before date rather than wasting it. And this is an, an initiative which we are replicating across Europe. So we've launched it in, in Switzerland, in Germany, in France and in Denmark. And so when we're talking around best before dates, what's the future? Well, you know, there needs to be better education, first and foremost, you know, um, and there needs to be greater clarity. Because what we found is we have uh, various different sort of businesses using labels um, without without great understanding as to why doing it. There also needs to be... um, more trend, um, uh, more continuity. I, I, I mean, um, across across countries. So what we find in in some U- European markets is it's actually um, illegal to distribute food beyond its best before date. You know, that's the case in in France. That's the case in Poland. Uh, sorry, that's the, not in France. That's the case in Spain. Um, the case in Poland, for example. You know what this means is you know you know these arbitrary dates when it comes to best before, um, you know food is unnecessarily being thrown away. So greater um, continuity when it comes to when it comes to date labeling um, across the world, 
and better education from businesses so that individuals and consumers can make um, more informed decisions. Um, when it comes to sort of uh, the landscape of food waste in general, well, we've got a, a target, a global target of halving food waste by 50% by 2030. Um, you know, with COP26 on the horizon, the recent publication of um, the United Nations Environment Programs Food Waste Index, um, you know, their, their encouragement is for um, is for state signatories of the Paris Agreement to include food waste in their national determined contributions. Um, so, yeah, what needs to be done? A lot. Um, there needs to be greater measurement of food waste globally, um, and this needs to uh, lead to greater action uh, from, from countries globally, because what we need to recognize is that food waste is a global issue. Um, it's not something that can be solved in one country uh, due to globalization and, and food and the food value chains and food supply chains. It is a global market. It is a global food system, which needs a global approach. Um, so yes, there's, there's, there's plenty to be done on date labels and more generally um, on food waste and, and wider on that within our food system. Uh, what this means for Tuga to go is that we need to be a truly global solution. Um, you know, food waste, as I say, is a global problem which needs global solutions. And with that, you know, we want to grow and grow to ensure that we can we can fight food waste across all fronts in various different markets um, across the world. So last year we launched in the US and uh, this year we'll be continuing to grow across the US and, and looking at where we can launch Tuga to go in, in different markets as well. So an exciting time indeed for ourselves. Um, but I think more, um, yeah, more need, need, needs to be done, but it's also demonstrates it's an opportunity, um, you know, an opportunity for, you know, like-minded businesses like ourselves, um, mm. but also an opportunity for, uh, for governments across the world to, to really stand up and start do, doing more when it comes to reducing food waste. Yeah, well said, definitely. Um, do you think that 50% by 2030 is uh, ambitious enough, in your opinion? What do, what do you reckon to that? Uh, yeah, I think it's ambition enough and ambitious enough. Uh, yeah. It also needs to be um, an attainable target, right? If we set it yeah. too high, then um, uh, yeah, then it becomes something which is yeah, which is just unrealistic. Mm. But uh, no, I think it's um, it, it's it's so important that we actually um, do as much as possible to reach that goal because you know when we're talking about food waste. You know, we're talking about the climate emergency in which we're in, and um, you know, we have to, uh, we have to act now, um, yeah, yeah, and really reach carbon neutrality by by twenty fifty. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, listen, the the attitude, like we've discussed, it's definitely changing towards best before dates for general consumers. Um, we're going to do. We are starting to ramp up um, our education on it because. You know, hold our hands up. We weren't doing enough for the past uh, two or three years um, at all. In fact, we weren't doing anything, to be quite honest with you. Um, but yeah, we're getting on board. Your smell it, taste it, don't waste it campaign is brilliant. And there's so many great brands that work with us uh, as well that are getting on board with that in terms Amazing. of changing th their labeling. Yeah. Shout out to Love Raw, by the way, who I know are really um, getting behind that as well. Um, 
Yeah. And yeah, it's just, people might have seen in our TikToks recently, I've been blindfolded and trying a product that's six months out of date and trying one that's six months in date and seeing if I can tell the difference. And I can't um, <laughs> recommend. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable, it, actually. And the more that we've, you know, I was an ignoramus to it, to be quite honest with you. And the more that I've, you know, been educated on it, um, it's unbelievable. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people are, and that's not to insult yeah, people. Yeah. But the thing you said about Spain, where it's illegal to distribute past best before products, I think mm. a lot of people still think that's the case here. Yeah, they do. Mm. Um, you know, people are sh- can be shocked by it, which I think um, you can see as like a, a positive in a PR sense. In that, it like you know, if you are doing that, it kind of um, if it shocks people, I suppose it generates uh, mm. awareness and there's a chance to educate them, isn't there? And there's a chance to educate, absolutely. But um, yeah, I think there's still there's still a lot of work to do. But I think you know the progress that we've seen over the last. I mean, I've, we've been in this industry for seven years. Um, I think the progress that we've seen has been has been good. Yeah. Um, but we need to just keep building on it, like you say. We've we've had it. We've had you know we've started selling past before past best before date, which has gone amazing. We, but we have had some com- customers say it's past before best before date. What are you doing? And we've said, well, X Y Z. So yeah, there's 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 an unbelievable amount of work to be done. Um, but I think we're you know with the likes of yourselves, we're getting there, and it's we're a lot better off. Um, we've made a lot more progress than we were a few years ago, and it's it's looking up for mm. sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, but, uh, uh, yeah. I'd like to get in there before we finish as well, just yeah. on a bit of a tangent, um, unintentionally, just because of where we are. We've had quite a Yorkshire um, flavour to every podcast that we've done so far, either people based here or people um, from round here. Um, so even though you're, I don't, I don't actually know where you're from, Jamie. Where are you? Where are you from originally? I'm I'm from London. You're from London and you, you're sort of based in London now, but um, you went to uni in Leeds and um, great to hear that's where Too Good To Go started. So we yeah, keep, it's keeping actually... that Yorkshire uh, flavour running through it again. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Leeds was the, the first city we launched in here, here in the UK. Yeah. That's class. Brilliant. Good. Fantastic. I yeah. really enjoyed that. So, Thank um, you so much, mate. What I'd encourage everyone to do is to um, get following Too Good To Go on social media, uh, get the app, um, check out your local area. Uh, it's really easy to use. You sign up on there, you yeah. search your local area, and if there's anywhere, any outlets near you selling um, magic bags, um, which would be a selection of um, surplus products from uh, any s- sort of outlet that we mentioned before, food producers, retailers. Spa, big one. Spa's quite a big one here, yeah, definitely. And um, I'd encourage everybody to get on that because you yeah. can get some great value obviously quality food and helping the planet as well. So yeah, it's incredible. Um, like you say, it's a win-win. So um, yeah, I would encourage anyone to do that. Amazing. Thanks so much. Cheers. Would you, like, would you like to plug anything, Jamie? Any, uh, anywhere, <laughs> anything you'd like anyone to follow or get behind? Uh, yeah, I would just, I would echo what you said there. I encourage people to download the Too Good To Go app available on the App Store or Play Store. Um, follow us on Instagram and our other social handles as well. Excellent. And if you're in um, if you're in South Yorkshire or around Sheffield or Rotherham, uh, try and find us on there and get a, <laughs> get a magic bag from us as well. Fantastic. Enjoy that. Thanks so much, Jamie. Really appreciate it. Amazing. Cheers, yeah, lads. Thanks. thanks for your time, mate. Have a good weekend. You too. Take care. Catch you later. Cheers, mate. Bye. Cheers, boys. I really enjoyed that.
That was class. I sound like I say this every single week, but I really, really enjoyed it. It was brilliant. Yeah, I think... Um, what a business. Yeah. and Social enterprise. Our podcasting skills just get better and better, don't they? <laughs> no, yeah. I'm joking. Um, oh. No, it's good, really good. Um, obviously, we... Um, we we get people on that we we like when we get people on that we've got great ideas and yeah. great businesses and great um uh inventions and organizations so um i think it's no surprise that we're getting um some really good conversations going yeah absolutely and um yeah important conversations as well and i don't think we've still not had a podcast where yorkshire wasn't um related <laughs> in some way i can't believe yeah. it james from london his business is based in london and there's still you know, Yorkshire's on the Yorkshire connection. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you something else. I I, I'll tell you something else that I picked up on, what? which I didn't mention because we, we sort of moved on. Is um, uh, Jamie uh, initially came up with the idea from going to Australia? Yeah, Adam Smith. Uh, and it reminded me yeah. of episode four, I think it was, with Adam, uh, the founder of the Real Junk Food Project. So it seems like if you want to mm. come up with an innovative um, idea to help the planet um, stop food going to waste. It seems like going to Australia um, yeah. <laughs> is is the way to go. Well, they say, don't they, travel, um, if you go on like a gap year or something, you find yourself it and you get inspired. The mind. Yeah, it really does, actually. That's that's so true. But, uh, but yeah. no, thanks again, Jamie. Really appreciated that. That was really enjoyable. Um, we don't have another guest lined up. I think we might do just me and you next week. Uh, yeah. Not sure at the moment. I've got an idea to, I think I mentioned it before, to focus on a particular topic mm-hmm. if, we, if it's just me and you. I mean, we can do that with guests as well, but. Um, yeah. I think it'd be good for me and you to pick up a particular topic. Um, so if anybody's got any topics that they'd like us to talk about, um, yeah. I'm thinking like stress could be one. How to start, how to start in business. How to start. Really focus on that because that'll be, you know, a lot of other question on a lot of people's lips. Yeah. Um, yeah. Failure. Yeah. It doesn't all have to be negative. No. Um, passion, enjoyment. Yeah. You know, we can talk about different topics like that. Um, but yeah, really enjoying doing this actually. So if you are enjoying us making them, please uh, please let us know. Please well, rate. Let us know in a review. Yeah. Please star. rate and review five stars. Uh, if you have got any feedback for us, let us know. As always, yeah. in social or in emails. Anything less than five star, we don't want to know. Don't even bother. Yeah, absolutely not. It's just you know unacceptable. But no, if if you really hated the podcast, like you were you were fuming after listening to this, I'm just livid. Um, please email <laughs> get seek a little bit of help first it's only podcast but email us and let us know what, how we can improve i'll tell you what would be nice we could have a we could have a segment where we read people's emails that would be brilliant yeah that's that's something because i hate these outros and intros because i never know what to say but yeah that would help wouldn't it yeah if you want to email us if you want to get yourself Do you know what? and your um viewpoint on the podcast please let us know please email us and we'll read them out hang and on i'm gonna we, shout someone it out might here. give us an opportunity to make a jingle as well yeah, we could make a jingle for the email segment. That'd be great. I'm gonna uh, just read an email. From we are customer rambling we on a bit now. I know, so. no, this is it. I just want to finish with this email that we had from Kathy. We had this email to our general inbox on 17th of March. Wow, you guys are awesome. Found you online randomly at the weekend. Never heard of you before. Took a chance. Delivery today and in Northern Ireland too. Super. Love your idea on reducing waste. I'll be back for more. Thank you so much. Loved that email, Kathy. I think we've DM'd you actually. Um, but yeah, thank you. That's amazing. Love Make, stuff like that. Makes our day getting stuff like that. Really does, yeah. It's, we don't take stuff like that for granted. Um, we'll read out a nasty, horrible, negative one next week just to balance it all out. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Hope Thanks, you enjoyed. Everyone. Yep. See you next time.